tonight for a special Q&A session titled Everyone's Psychic. I am Cheryl Knight Wilson and I'm the editor of Paranormal Underground magazine. I also conduct paranormal investigations sometimes as a hobby when I have some spare time and I occasionally experience the paranormal which is a lot of fun. Um, I'm here tonight with Karen Frazier. Karen Frazier is a psychic medium, an energy healer, and an author. And tonight we're going to be talking about anything and everything dealing with psychic phenomena. So I'm going to be the moderator and Karen will be answering everybody's questions. So have fun. We're going to enjoy the conversation and we welcome you all. And hello, Karen. Hello, thank you guys for joining us. I'm really excited about this. And this was actually born um, because I have a group called the Share Reiki group on Facebook, which most of you are probably members of. And I asked, hey, would you guys like a psychic class? And everybody responded favorably. And they and I said, what would you like to learn? And they all said different things. <laughs> and so I thought, let's start with this and then we can filter it out. And the reason that I really wanted to do this is because um, one of my biggest things is empowering people to find their own solutions. And that includes um, empowering people to work with their own psychic abilities and things like that. And so the reason that I decided that I wanted to do this Q&A with you guys is that I wanted to empower everyone to get their questions answered and start thinking about A, if you want to use your abilities in your life and B, how that would look and, and how you would manage those abilities. All right, so Cheryl, um, I'm gonna let you go ahead. So again, hopefully you all can see how to raise your hand. Um, I changed the view. Cheryl, if you put up a gallery view, you might be able to see everybody. And that way you, if they, okay. So Yvette has her hand raised already. Is it too soon? <laughs> no. Okay. So I did have a quick question for either Cheryl and Karen. So what exercises can you do daily to really strengthen your abilities? If you already know that you probably have some abilities, what are the simple are there simple five minute things to do, or is it like I must dedicate an hour to this or are there a little bit of both? <laughs> um, so the more you work with it, the better you get. Uh, so that's important to know. However, even five minutes a day or something, when you, it's like a muscle, right? The more you use it, the more proficient you get at using it. So um, there's actually, I should have looked this up because I should have figured somebody was going to ask me that, but there's actually online psychic exercises that you can do. I think that there are some through IONS, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, um, and it, they call it their Psy Arcade, and you can play, it's games, but you, it's playing games psychically. So that's one thing you can do. Um, a really simple thing that I like to recommend to people, and as a matter of fact, I think I recommended this to Paula just the other day, is just take a regular deck of cards, right? and just start with the deck of cards, turn it face down, touch the top card and say red or black. Um, if it's, if you get it and then flip it over and look, if you get it right, put it in one pile. If you get it wrong, put it in the other pile and just keep doing that. And then when you get proficiently where you are above chance, which is 50, 50, right? 26 cards in each pile. Once you start to get above chance with that, then you can start to um, do a suit. And then you can do a number. So there's all sorts of things. So cards are, are a really great way to do that. Or you can get some cards called Zener cards, um, Z-E-N-E-R. And they have like a, a plus, a star, a circle, 
um, what I like to call noodles, which little squiggly lines, wavy lines, and you can use those in the same way. So those are good ways to sort of start to develop and trust your ability. But the other thing is that I think that you just um, start to pay attention to things that you see, things that you hear, things that you notice, and notice how information comes to you. So like I was doing a reading with somebody the other day, and um, she was mentioning that she has ringing in her ears. And that ringing in her ears is probably a sign that somebody's trying to communicate with her. For me, I smell things. I smell ozone. Um, don't ask me what it smells like because I can't explain it, but I know what it smells like. I smell ozone. Um, and that's a sign that I'm getting psychic information or I get pressure in my ears, like my ears are going to pop. Some people see wavy lines. Um, and so what you do is when you get those things and you get whatever it is, it's your signal that it's psychic energy, pay attention to it and just say, close your eyes. I just kind of close my eyes and put my hands over my heart and say, what is it? What is it I need to know? I'm sorry, my dogs are going to sound off. <laughs> so other questions or was that? Did I, did I answer you that? Yes, definitely. I mean, I just think those daily things that are quick and simple make sense, you know, in your daily stuff, but then are there things that you might spend a little more time on, you know, when you've got that hour or are there meditations? Do you know what I'm saying? There's like, mm -hmm. there's like the quick daily, I can do this a couple of times, but yeah. then if I've got to sink a bigger amount of time, is there, are there other activities you should try? Yeah, I actually recommend finding somebody that you trust who is psychic friendly and spending time with them a few minutes a day and just working on it. Um, have them hand you an object and see what you can tell them about the object just from feeling it because that's one of the psychic abilities is psychometry, for instance. Um, you know, if you do any form of energy healing, you might do... Um, where you run their hand over them and see if you can pick up differences in the changes in your hands to check with things in their body or just sit down and talk with someone. And um, one of the best ways to actually lead into doing something like that is get yourself a tarot deck that you like that speaks to you. And I know you have one. Um, and um, just shuffle the cards as you're talking to the person and think about the person and then pull a card, look at the card, don't worry about what the card actually means, look at what the card triggers in you. And I think that that's a really good way as well. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, yeah, you bet. So if nobody else has questions, feel free to raise your hand when you have them. And then Cheryl is just gonna ask questions when people don't have them, so. Kind of have a question, a little follow-up question, a little side question there. If you, let's say you go on a paranormal investigation and you, you feel like you can sense when spirits are present through some type of um, auditory issue. Like what I'm referring to is occasionally, like my hearing will go out for just a, like maybe 20 seconds. Does it go and out completely or does it dim? It dims. Mm -hmm. and then it comes back on at a, at a time that seems significant is that just my imagination is it just coincidence is that a possible connection to it's a possible connection pay attention to those things because those are actually how I really started so I was psychic when I was a kid and I was very connected to that stuff and then I went into my 20 something years of denial um, because this just doesn't happen this isn't a real thing right 
And then I, I, as I found my way back to that, one of the things that really helped me to find my way back to it, as you know, is that I was going to haunted places. And I was having that, I would have the hearing dim or I would feel for me, a lot of it is, um, I would call it like my spidey sense, just like you walk into a place and you get that heebie-jeebies thing. Um, that's a sense, and you can even do it with people as well. So um, when you think of someone and start doing this by thinking of someone you know well, okay? When you think of someone, they feel a certain way. And so like when, back when our, we answered our phones, you guys remember those days when we would answer our phones? Back when we would answer our phones, did you ever have the time where just before the phone rang, you knew you that person like popped into your head or they popped into your, your existence somehow, your awareness somehow? There was some kind of a tell that you had. And my guess is, is that you were feeling your vibrate their vibration. So sensing people's vibration is a really good starting point too. And you, you can do that with spirits as well when you go into haunted places and you get that dimming of your hearing or the heebie-jeebies, or what I called my spidey sense. And with my spidey sense, honestly, it was just, um, I mean, I can't even describe, I just, the way my body felt changed. So those are all ways that you can sense that a spirit's present. And I know, like, when you were at Waverly Hills, Cheryl, and you had that migraine headache, whew, yeah, that was you reacting to that energy. Because didn't you have something similar to that when you went to Bobby Mackey's music world, too? Well, to start, um, when we went to investigate at Waverly Hills, um, this was some time ago, but I couldn't even make it halfway through the night. I, and I purposefully was trying to hydrate because it was hot. It was humid. I was, I was drinking water like crazy because I get, I, you know, I, it's just me. I have to, or I get dehydrated really easily. And so all of a sudden it just hit me. I, I was out. I was sick, crazy sick with a, the worst migraine of my life sick sick and i just spent half the time in their gift shop with my head on the table and the other half you know getting sick anyway <laughs> the minute we stepped off the lot a hundred percent i was at a hundred percent immediately and i thought okay when i go back next time is it going to happen again well we just recently we went back and this time i was able to make it through um the night but it was only half of the length of the time as, as the other one so is it would it have hit me again eventually when i hit that point at the, you know the same point when we went to bobby mackey's i did a lot better there but there was this um this i don't know if i want to call it a pressure but yeah like you can you can feel it it was yeah this you're pressure. sensitive to it yeah yeah I also so, noticed that yeah. as I'm saying things, Paula is putting things in the chat for you guys. Like she's, she's um, putting some of the high points in the chat. Thank you, Paula. So that would be super helpful. Um, so is your question answered, Cheryl? It is. Thank you very much. Because I often wonder, am I relating something that I feel might be some type of um, psychic connection um, appropriately? Is it what I think it is? Or is it just Nothing. Yeah, the best thing you can do is get out of your head, allow it, and then analyze it later. That's a great point. Yep. I All right. It. We have some hands up, so I'll let you. Awesome. All right. Hands up. So um, uh, let's see. Ha has a question. Um, what's your question, Ha? We'd love to 
to try and answer it for you. Um, so I'm pretty new to uh, all of these and I'm trying to figure out whether I have psychic ability or not. And I don't quite know how to do that. Um, so that's one of my questions. And then the other is because I'm so new and there's so much, you know, stigma or something like that in my culture or my uh, or whatever. Um, I want to ask whether there's any negative, um, I don't know, negative thing to developing your psychic ability. Sure. I'm going to actually start with your second question first. Uh, so Cheryl, if you could help me remember to get back to the first one. That would be super helpful because as you know, I am very scattered when I do stuff like this. Um, so, so there is a stigma about psychic ability in most cultures. Um, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of cultures really struggle with it. Um, so you are not alone culturally in there being a stigma. And that's actually why I spent 20 plus years in, in denial is because I bought into that stigma and it made me, what I found was that ignoring my psychic abilities and not working with them actually had more negative and detrimental effects on me than when I started working with them. Um, so, so I would say that there are things that you can do um, to protect yourself, but in general, there's not anything that's really super harmful. Um, and so it's not going to, I don't believe that working with psychic energy is harmful. I think that you do it wisely. I think that you do it with protection, whether it's a prayer of protection or you wear crystals or protection, or you kind of, um, like what I do is I pop up a bubble and this is something anybody can do. Uh, this is something that you all can do. And I recommend that you do this. And um, if you start to feel unsafe, if you start to feel uncomfortable when you're doing psychic work, then I strongly recommend that you put up your bubble because your bubble pushes everything away from you and it, um, it protects you immediately. And so when I go into a situation, I go with my bubble down. And if something makes me uncomfortable, I put my bubble up. So I will explain to you how to put up a bubble. So um, visualize just below your, uh, just below the base of your sternum where your solar plexus is and visualize popping up a shield, pushing it out from that, that area and surrounding you completely. Always push it out from your solar plexus. Don't build it around you because if you build it around you, you might trap something in there with you. So you always want to push it out from you. So you push everything away. I just saw that go. Oh. So yes, right. That's a good tip. And um, you're Bubble can be anything. My bubble is a actual literal clear bubble because I still want to be able to see. I just don't want any energy to be able to come in and get to me. So my bubble is a clear bubble. I know people who've done brick walls. I know people who've done mirrors. I know people who have a blanket as their bubble, a suit of armor. So I find that what people tell me with the bubble is that they figure out what their bubble is when they pop it up the first time and they don't know until they pop it up. And then all of a sudden their bubble is up. So, and what was the first question? I forgot. I believe it was um, signs to tell if, um, if you have psychic abilities, but correct me if I'm wrong, please, Ha. Was that um, what you were? Yep. Yeah, yep, that's right. How do I tell if I do have it? Um, well, so what I find is that if you have things that flash at you that you know don't belong to you, then chances are 
um, it's psychic information. So like I would see um, like images, like I'd see an image of a lady with fluffy white hair that I didn't know, for instance, or I'd see um, a painting or something, something along those lines. So that was kind of one of my first things. I would feel changes in pressure in my body um, that didn't, that had nothing to do with what I was or where I was. So for instance, um, and, and then because for me, I'm empathic. The other reason, way that I would know is I would have like wild mood swings that had nothing to do with what that was going on in my life. Or I would have a physical pain that had nothing to do with any issue that I had. And as soon as I would say, okay, is this mine? Um, and I would realize it wasn't, it would go away as soon as I acknowledged it and did something about it. So that's one way. Um, you might notice things like tingling in your palms. You might notice that ear popping thing. You might have ringing in your ears that comes and goes. You might see um, like a heat wave. For me, it always looked kind of like a heat wave with like little wavies around the edge. Or even sometimes I would get, um, little swimmy things. I don't even know. Like almost like a, a pre-migraine aura, the little swimmy things that swim in your vision, but there's not really anything there. You might, uh, <laughs> thank you, Jim. Jim just said eye boogers. Uh, oh, eye floaters. You might see things, sorry, you said it so quietly. You might see things out of the corner of your eye, um, things like that as well. So all of those are signs. Is there something that you've been experiencing that's making you wonder about it, that you wonder if it's it's a sign of psychic ability? Uh, I felt like I, I'm struggling with it. I, I feel like I don't have these things so much, but I was drawn to crystals. I think I was, I, 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 I'm an empath. I didn't really look into or know too much, but recently somebody talked about it and I went, oh, that seems to be me. I, I do have a lot of big mood swings when I was young. Uh, I would be sad or like very sensitive to emotions. Yeah. I have, uh, I, I, I can feel people like, get, I can guess quite well what people are feeling or something like that. Um, so do you actually need me to tell you that you have abilities or do you recognize you do and you're just not there yet in being comfortable with having them? Uh, I would love to hear from you. Do you think I am? I absolutely <laughs> do. Everything you're describing is, yeah. Oh. And the other thing is a lot of people who have psychic abilities who aren't dealing with them have a lot of free-floating anxiety. Oh, um, yeah. And so that's a big thing, but you're, you're definitely, from what you're describing, you definitely are an empath. So we'll start there, but it sounds like you have some other things as well. Um, and so that bubble, that simple bubble exercise that I taught you is going to be really valuable for you. And when you get like the weird feelings, right? You can just ask yourself, is this mine? And then just put your hands over your heart, say, is this mine? And if, and, and you'll know. And if it isn't, you can say, thank you very much. And what I do is I actually visualize, and I teach this in my Reiki classes because I find that people who are um, Reiki practitioners are often empaths. But what you can do is you can actually visualize like there's a big syringe of light coming from the top of your head and you say, is it mine? And when you realize it's not, you can say thank you. And you visualize that light flowing down through your crown, like somebody pushing on a syringe and just pushing it all the way out through your feet and into the floor. So those are both super valuable ways that you can 
you can um, fix that, I mean, and, and work with it. So did you have any other questions about it or do you think I answered your question? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I, yeah. I probably will have later too. Yes. Um, okay. We're here all <laughs> night, folks. Yes. Kitty, somebody's kitties out there. <laughs> all right. I see some more hands here. All right. Um, oh, someone had a question, but, but I think they dropped out. Um, Yvette uh, has another question. Yvette. Yeah, I only had two tonight, Karen, so prepared. Um, so the second question, and I know this is different, psychic and mediumship are two different things. No, they're not. I mean, so not, mediumship is a subset of psychic ability. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just knew it was not exactly the same. So yeah. how do you determine if you have that gift of mediumship? <laughs> Sometimes you just find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, so I, I do feel like that's something that people can do as well. Um, and that it's something that anybody can do if you develop it. And so again, like when I would see like the little lady with the white fluffy hair, um, typically that's because that's somebody who's passed. Um, but, you know, I would, I guess the way that I figured it out is I went places that were knowingly haunted mm -hmm. and I new stuff and I felt stuff. And I mean, for me, it was when I, when I really understood and I had, did you have an imaginary friend when you were a child, like a vivid imaginary friend? I did. His name was George and he was an elephant. Oh, well, no wonder and you he like lived the under the bed. Oh, that's why you like the Georges so much. You really, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people who had, when they were kids, a vivid imaginary friend are often mediums. Mm -hmm. um, and then even if it's elephant, it didn't have to be human. <laughs> Doesn't have to be human because okay. it comes to us in a way that we can um, relate to it when we're young, right? Because it's not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. it's, look, it's not like the sixth sense usually. I mean, occasionally there's a kid that sees dead people like the kid in the sixth yeah. sense. But sure. typically it's more um, you, you knew stuff when you were a kid, you had an imaginary friend, um, you saw stuff and then you know, go places where you know that there's a haunted reputation and just see. So, so that's an interesting thing because prior to me realizing or recognizing or whichever the word, whatever the word is that, you know, maybe I do have some of the psychic abilities. I've always been drawn to Savannah. I'll go three or four times in a year. That's Love the place. There, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I just thought, I just love the old place, you know, and so maybe there is a little more to that. I would, you know, because it's just a place I like and not yeah. everybody likes it because it is a little haunted-y, creepy-y, <laughs> you yeah. know, if that's how they feel about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so I would say as a caveat, I wouldn't recommend doing it in a cemetery because no. I feel it's disrespectful, <laughs> but a lot of people yeah. do that. Um, yeah, because no, I, no. Me that feels disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I wish I could be more concrete and tell you, but for me, it was honestly, it was um, being around it. And I think as a matter of fact, when I started to have the experiences up at Wellington, Cheryl, wasn't it Chad who said to you, she knows she's a medium, right? Didn't Chad say that to you when I was describing? Because I was having, I was being poked and I was seeing things and I was hearing things and, and at this really haunted place. And um, I, I the memory of all of that from when I was a child was just, no. And the other thing is if you're somebody who everywhere you live seems to be haunted, you're probably a medium. 
Okay, cool. All Thank right. you. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, Mikkel, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, but um, can you um, let us know what your question is? Yes, my name's Mikkel. Good job. You probably just um, want to see monkey. I do want to see monkey. I'll help Jim get you monkey. Um, no, I mean, I've, I dabbled I dabble in tarot, I dabble in crystals, um, pendulums. Um, oh my goodness, I hope to meet monkey someday. You will. <laughs> so precious. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm definitely an empath. I feel people's energy, especially the ones closest to me. I mean, before they even walk in the front door, I can feel if they're troubled with something or if, you know, um, there's some sort of stress or anxiety in their life. I've got children that are um, very sensitive and I believe are empaths as well. And uh, we're all connected in, in, in those energies for sure. But um, I think when it comes to um, questions for myself, I really struggle and I sometimes will try to use my pendulum and it just doesn't give me straight answers. And I know that the ego can obviously get in, in our in our path and in our way. Um, and it, it frustrates me sometimes because usually my questions are not just about me, but they're about my family and, and about, you know, um, the directions we should go, especially with the, you know, challenges we've all had and faced yeah. this year. So um, I guess my question is, you know, when you are, um, an empath and you, and you, uh, are trying to, you know, choose the best direction for yourself and your family. What are some tools to use, um, when the tools you have aren't really providing you the guidance and the answers that you need? Well, so, um, I do use a pendulum and honestly, I use the pendulum for the low stakes stuff. Because a pendulum is super easy to influence as you're wearing. Hey, hon, would you mind my pendulum's over next to the couch in one of my little Akasha wood bowls? Would you grab it for me? Um, I'm going to show you a way to hold it that eliminates. Because what happens is that the reason that, so you can influence it with your mind clearly, right? Yeah. But the other thing is that there's something called the idiomotor response with things like um, Ouija boards and pendulums and things where you can do those little minute muscle movements, right? So, um, what I do with my pendulum is I actually hold it over like this. And I mean, do you see how that's held? It's just very, and, mm -hmm. and then um, I always, even though I know the way my pendulum communicates, I always ask, show me yes. Yeah. And show me, me no. Yeah. Every single time. So like, show me yes. And notice, whoop, there it goes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And show me no. There it goes. And yeah. then I ask low stakes questions of my pendulum. Mm -hmm. um, so it's things like uh, this or that things. Um, I'm shopping on Amazon. <laughs> Is this person going to screw me over? You know, I mean, it's really low stakes. For right. higher stakes stuff, I actually like to use my deck, my tarot deck. Yeah. And you may find something that works better for you. But what I would really encourage you to do with your tarot deck is not rely on the interpretations that come with the cards, rely yeah. on what you see in the cards, the pictures, okay. the colors, how it makes you feel. And the other thing is I do just an internal check because you know, you can also ask before you go to sleep. Do you ask for a dream? Yeah, I do. And I've been dreaming a lot lately. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing right now. I, I have your dream book too, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I have been, I have had more um, 
people inviting me on shows and stuff to talk to them about dreams in the last year than ever because people, I mean, people are just having crazy vivid dreams yeah. um, right now. But I would ask, and what you can even do is I would recommend writing down what you need guidance for, right? Mm -hmm. um, put it, fold it up, put it under your pillow or between your mattress. Uh, okay. Make sure you've got a an amethyst crystal next to your bed. Yep. And then just, and make sure that amethyst crystal is cleansed every night if you're having vivid dreams, every single night. Okay. Okay. Not doing that. <laughs> okay. Every night. If you're having okay. vivid dreams, when some, when a crystal works hard for you, like your pendulum, I keep my pendulum in a um, selenite bowl because the selenite keeps it cleansed Cleanse all the time. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and so keep that piece of amethyst next to the bed and ask for the dream. And when you wake up, even if it's in the middle of the night, just whether you have a recorder or a piece of paper or something, just kind of scribble it. You don't have to turn on the light, just scribble a word or speak a word or whatever you need to do. So you don't wake up your partner. Right. Yeah. And just, um, and then in the morning address the dream and really do the interpretation and, and things like that. Um, the other thing for you specifically, I think you need to get yourself a piece of blue gabbro indigo. Do you have ga any gabbro? No. Okay. Get yourself a piece of indigo gabbro or blue gabbro. Um, and you need to put it between your um, mattress and your box spring. It's going to help you. And the other thing is if you're having hot flashes, it's going to help. I am having hot flashes <laughs> every day. Yeah. You need okay. blue gabbro. Okay. So, um, really quick before we move on, what no. is an easy spread for the tarot? Like I'm doing kind of um, past future and past, present and, future. Yeah. Is that kind of the best easy spread for beginner? Yeah. I do single card. Oh, okay. I just do. I, so even when I do readings for people, um, I sit here in this very spot where I am and I have my cards spread out on the table. I actually think I posted it probably like on my Facebook or my Instagram or something the other day, a picture of what it looks like when I do a reading. And I actually just, um, I just will pull a card for an issue, even if I'm feeling already directed and things. And the other thing is, um, for you, I feel like, are you, uh, draw, draw. Um, not, I mean, I'm not as artistic as you don't I have to be. You can draw st <laughs> stick figures. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. definitely better with words than okay, I. Okay, well then, or try or yeah. write. Ask a question yeah. and yeah. just write whatever you write. And what I do is I will sometimes ask a question and start to scribble. Okay. And then I'll look down, and there will be something there. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Sure. Yeah, you bet. All right. Okay, um, we have another question from Raina. Hi, Raina. Hi, how are you? Um, Hello. Can you talk about how you incorporate crystals? Well, I mean, you see them? I have a bunch around my neck. I have some on my hands. Um, so I work with crystals a lot, as you might be aware. And so like my pendulum is a crystal. Um, I I meditate with crystals. I One of my favorite types of crystals that I like to use is something called a Vogel crystal. Um, I don't have it here, but it's a, it's a, it's cut in a certain way. And Jim's going to probably go get it now. He is. Look at that. He's so helpful. Thank you, honey. What's I should have Jim. A what crystal? A Vogel. Oh, the Vogels. Oh, sorry. Okay. 
The Master Blaster. So this is a Vogel crystal. These are actually fairly expensive. Um, and what I suggest you do is that you go find one that you're drawn to. And um, I meditate with this. I have it for all of my readings when I do readings. Um, I have a, I use it in my energy work. And then there are things like you can have them on your bedside table to spark dreaming, like I was mentioning to Mikhail. Um, the, uh, that you, you know, like the amethyst on your bedside table also will help you sleep better as well, by the way. Um, and I kind of, with me, I use crystals incredibly intuitively. There are all sorts of books that you can get that will tell you what crystal works for what thing. But what I recommend you do is that close your eyes, put your hands over your heart. This is, this, can you tell this is my go-to move? Close your eyes, put your hands over your heart and just say, do I need a crystal? What crystal do I need? And see what comes to your mind. The other thing you can do is you can get a crystal deck, like a tarot deck, but with crystals on it. And um, you can draw a crystal card and just meditate on the energy of that crystal, um, things like that. I like to um, I, I like to keep them in my pocket. Sometimes I keep them in my bra. Um, Although I haven't worn a bra a lot in the last year, I'm not going to lie. So that hasn't necessarily been as much of a thing. But I, you know, so I like to carry them with me. Like if I'm going into a place where I feel like it's not going to be um, like where I, like when I go into the city, um, I live in a little town called Chehalis, Washington, and it's very small. And I live on a hill away from people because I'm so empathic that I do better when I'm away from people. And so when I go into a city, um, if I forget to protect myself, I will like almost melt down because everything's coming at me so fast. Right. Um, and so I will take a crystal, like a, a piece of hematite or a piece of, um, of, uh, black tourmaline and I'll carry them with me and make sure I have them with me so that if I forget to put up my shield when I go into the city, I've got the crystal that'll at least do something so that I'm less likely to have a meltdown. One time Jim and I were at uh, up in Seattle and we had gone to see Spam a lot at the uh, Fifth Avenue, I think it was down in, in, in downtown Seattle. Was Jim was just thinking so that, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we, and I'm standing and I forgot to put up my shield. And I'm standing and they were, it was, they were waiting to let us in. And this was of course, back when you could be among people. And um, I had, didn't have my crystals with me and everything. And I'm short. So everybody was taller than me, which is also like really super claustrophobic feeling short, short people know what I'm talking about. And, um, and so, and I actually, I don't remember exactly what I did, but I melted, I melted down, didn't I, hon? To put it mildly. <laughs> I had a meltdown because I just, and I couldn't get my bubble up because I was, it was too late. And if I had, I had a crystal with me, that meltdown wouldn't have been quite the same. And then the same thing, I went up to this, uh, up in Seattle again, I went up to um, a convention. I was speaking at a convention. It was called Crypticon. It was a horror. I have to be careful how I say that. So it doesn't sound like I'm saying it was a horror convention. <laughs> and so, um, and I had, crystals that I took with me because um, the just the feeling of horror fans, there's a lot of darkness with some of that. Um, and I'm not saying that about all horror fans, but there was a lot of darkness there. And so I had to go up twice. So the first day I went up, I had my crystals, I was pretty good. 
the next day I was getting ready to go up. I was in my laundry room. I put my crystals down on the washing machine. I turned around, I turned back around, those crystals were gone. I searched everywhere. I searched everywhere. I had to go up there without those. So, um, and it was a very different experience from my first day. It was, I, we got out of there as soon as my panel was done. But anyway, what was really funny about that was that those crystals stayed gone. They were in a pouch. They stayed gone and about seven or eight years down the line, they started, I started finding them one at a time in different places in my house. Look at Paula. <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> I started finding them. So um, there's all kinds of ways that you can use crystals. I would say you can use them for connection. Um, you can use them for vibrational stuff. Like if you want to do kind of the high vibrational talk to your guides kind of thing, I recommend using like a Vogel like this, or something like um, a really high vibrational crystal like phenakite, which is my absolute favorite crystal ever. Um, I call it the get high crystal, P-H-E-N-A-C-I-T-E, -E, Paula. Um, uh, any of the barrels really work or morganite. And um, <laughs> thank you, Paula. You that again, like you spelled that at hyperspeed. What was that? E-H-E-N-A-C-I-T-E -E, or Moldavite works really well too. And you can just, um, I like to put them on my, on my head or on my third eye, or sometimes I just hold them when I, when I meditate. So did I answer your question? Kind of, I mean, we don't have time to do the whole crystal. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, I think my question, I mean, that was really useful. My question was more like, um, are there certain crystals you use to help enhance Yes. You know, someone who's trying to develop their yeah. Psyche. So yeah, anything purple? No, all good. It's okay. I'm. It's fine. I misinterpreted. I should have asked as we were going along. Anything purple? Um, anything clear? Morganite, phenakite, moldavite are especially very powerful. Um, and just especially if you think that um, you have, and I believe that everyone is seeded by alien DNA. So, but that's a whole nother story, right? Um, but all of those crystals are super helpful and especially Moldavite if you want to communicate with kind of that, the higher stuff. So those are the ones that I would recommend. And um, earrings, especially like for you, know, you know what I'm feeling? Tanzanite earrings for you. I can't wear earrings, but maybe a necklace or something. A Tanzanite necklace would be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll save up for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tanzanite's kind of expensive. Yeah, it is. But also Labradorite, which is kind of a little less expensive. So, all right, some more hands up, Cheryl. Yes, um, Lori Larish has a question. Hi, Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, so I'm really not sure how to ask my question, so I might kind of come at it and we can talk our way through it. Perfect. My question is around things that are familiar and or things that when you think back, you're like you had a moment and now you, and then later on you realize you had a moment. So how do you pay attention to those moments in the moment? So just for an example, here we live in, you know, uh, my husband and I moved to Oregon 15 years ago. And when we were planning to move here, my husband, uh, the year before we moved, started talking about the Oregon State University baseball team. And it just caught my attention. And I was like, 
wow, that's really neat, right? A year later, I worked there. A year later, I worked at Oregon State University, but I didn't, this was sort of this after effect thing, like that, you know, like I remember the conversation like it was yesterday and it was something that I just didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention to. So how do you get yourself to pay more attention to when you're getting right. that sign or that familiar thing? So I also get very familiar feelings, kind of like what, um, Yvette was saying, like, you go to a certain place and you just love it. And you're like, why do I love being here so much? Right? Like, why? Why am I so connected to this place? Right. But so that connection that you feel feels like a vibe, right? Oh, yeah. Like I mean, you get it, high you off it. feel it in your, right. You feel it. You feel it in your body. And so that is a really good sign when you have that feeling. Look, if, if you meet someone or go somewhere or see something or hear something and it makes you feel good for no reason whatsoever or conversely if it makes you feel really really bad for no reason then there's probably some kind of connection there and again close your eyes put your hands over your heart kind of take a couple deep breaths and and see if what else comes to you you can try drawing a card a tarot card you have a deck I know uh, uh, Luna, Luna does. Yeah. Luna has like two of them. Yeah, I knew she had. Well, you can use hers. Um, but the other thing, what you're saying is valid. So the, uh, I think a lot of my stuff, pardon the noise, Jim's opening a bag of chips. Uh, <laughs> just rip it. It's fine. There you go. I was waiting to see if it would. Um, you work your way back. So I did that quite a lot, the work my way back um, in the beginning when I really started to explore this stuff again, when I sort of started remembering things from my childhood and recognizing those feelings. And um, a lot of time I didn't realize in the moment that it was information, but I worked my way back to it. And then I started to pay attention to, and so one, when I would work my way back to something and I'd be like, oh wait, this happened, like the conversation you had with Jim, right? Um, so, Go back to that because you can take yourself back to that space. Go back to that and see what you feel. See what you felt then and then pay attention to that feeling moving forward. It kind of made my head turn. Like, like it caught, like it, you know how you, you know how you sometimes tune out your family? Yeah. <laughs> well, when he said that it sort of made my head turn, you know? <laughs> there you go. When Jim says something and you pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, no, but I mean, I mean those, that's valid. Those things hap happen, but I never realized it was a thing until years later, like when we were looking for a house and I made him dead stop, slam on the brakes in front of the house I now live in. And I looked at the house, there was no for sale sign. And I said, wouldn't you just love to live there? I mean, so you did recognize it. It was, it was weird. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I don't know if I recognized that it was a thing I just knew that I had but a feeling yeah, yeah but that's it that's what you that's the it's that's it that's how you tell it's the feeling and everybody's feeling is different right so yeah. have you ever met somebody and immediately went I don't care for that person don't say me but you know no have you ever met somebody and been like mm, right and then you think oh my god I am so mean 
I'm so awful. I am such a horrible person that I'm thinking that I don't know anything about this person. And so then you give them a chance and it turns out down the line that you are absolutely right to have that feeling, right? So you get vibrational feelings. And we live in a society where we logic through those as opposed to recognizing that what we're doing is we're intuiting things. Um, and so change the way that you think about those things and the language that you use with those things with yourself. So if you have a, a feeling about something, just write it down. All you have to do is acknowledge it, just acknowledge it. You don't have to do anything else with it. Just write it down or speak it into a thing or whatever it is, however it is that you feel most comfortable recording that and just write that thing down because the more you acknowledge, I call them intuitive thought flashes where just something flashes really fast, right? The more you pay attention to your intuition, even if you just write it down, like, um, if you're at work and all of a sudden you think, oh, I need to, um, I need to call the doctor, right? For whatever. And like, write that down because the more that you acknowledge those little flashes that flash in and out of your mind really quickly, um, because most of the time something like that happens and we're just kind of like, a, I'll remember or whatever, or, well, I don't need to call the doctor. I don't know why I thought that, right? So the more you acknowledge that and pay attention even by writing it down or just acknowledging that you had that little moment, the stronger it gets and the more your intuition starts to come to you and the more you start to recognize it. Is that even vaguely helpful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I just, I really wanna pay attention because I always realize it after the fact that it was a thing at the time. Well, I mean, we get so busy in the noise of life, right? And that's why I really like the idea of just keeping like a little notebook or something and mm -hmm. just, you know, writing it down or just somehow acknowledging that you had that. Um, and I re recommend you do the same thing. Like when you're meditating, if when you come out of your meditation, you've got a, a thought in your mind, or if you're giving yourself Reiki and you have a thought in your mind, when you come out of those, always acknowledge those things, even if they lead nowhere. And even if you're not going to do anything with it. And um, yeah. Can I ask a second question? around yes. past life yeah um, how can you channel yourself or how can you prompt yourself to know more about a past life and i know this is this is kind of a twofold thing because it goes back to those things that are familiar so going someplace you've never been before and you just go like I've been here before and I, and I know I've never been here before. Right. You know, so how can you, um, how can you help yourself channel to know more, whether that's just a feeling you're getting from the place, right? So, I mean, places give off a feeling. Yeah. Or, or it's a feeling like I've truly been here before in a different lifetime or something, you know, so right. I'm just fascinated by the whole past life feelings. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, well, I mean, you can, so, so there's varying degrees of answer to this. So like the most extreme is look, you can go have past life regression, hypnotherapy. I did it. I did it a couple of times. It was super fascinating. Um, I'm really glad I did it. Um, and I actually did it for paranormal underground magazine. I wrote two articles about it. Um, and 
then I, when I like Wellington, the, the subject of that first book that I wrote, um, for me, it was so, it became so clear that it was past life because this, as soon as I heard it, I was like obsessed with it to the point of saying to Jim, we're going to go, we're going to go. And it was like February and it's in the cascades and you can't really get up there until, you know, until, uh, july and and i mean i bugged him i bugged that poor man for for five months that we're going to wellington i want to go up here um and then when i got there it just felt i mean yeah right it's just it was a, there was an immediate connection i was emotionally connected to it i wanted to learn more um i have a friend in high school who was really really fascinated by roman history like the Tiberius Claudius Drusus. She knew all of that. She could like list all of the like all of the names of kings, not like, you know, like Claudius, it would be, well, he was Tiberius Claudius Drusus Nero Germanicus, things like that. I believe that that was a past life co connection. I can't believe I remember that by the way, but um, so, you know, subjects that you're really fascinated to, places that you're really drawn to, when you get to a place and you feel it, even sometimes people, you meet a person and there's that instant connection, there's probably a past life karmic relationship there as well. Um, you, I really recommend past life regression hypnotherapy because it's super cool. I think everybody should do it once. Um, but the other thing is you can ask for a dream. You can, um, ask before you meditate, set your intention. Um, the main thing that's important to understand is that this is the life that matters. Do you have something to add? Here comes Jim. You come over here because you got to be on camera. Okay. This is related to the past life where she was, I'm going to get down here, um, where she was killed at Wellington in the avalanche. About four years before that, she was in San Francisco in the 1906 earthquake. Uh, the, the the life in Wellington, not this yeah. life. I'm not quite that old, pretty close. But yeah, but four years before she was killed at Wellington, she was in the San Francisco earthquake. We were down in San Diego at a maritime museum, just going through like old boats. And one of the boats they had was this turn of the century uh, stern paddle wheel ferry. The Berkeley ferry. Um, and she walked in there and she meets it's like, oh my God, this is so familiar. I don't know why, I have no idea why I've never been here before. And then we started looking around at all the historical placards that they had in this thing. And it was used to evacuate people out of San Francisco during the fire that followed the earthquake. So I'd probably been there before. Probably been on that boat before. So it's a connection thing. You just, you, you connect and you pay attention to those connections and you make note of those connections and write it down and ask. Um, I, you know, I set intention before I sleep for the things I'd like to dream about. Not always. Sometimes I just say, tell me what I need to know. But sometimes I want to know something specific about a past life. Um, and so, uh, you know, and the other thing is like the one past, the, the past life that I didn't learn about, the Wellington past life, it was not only, it was like Jim was saying, the connections with the fairy and um, the gal that I believe that I was, Nellie Sharp, um, she was a writer. <laughs> she was a golfer. She was a musician. She was in 19, the 1900s, a divorcee. And I have been married like way more times than a person ought to be. I've been married three, Jim's my third husband. So, I mean, so there's, there were all of these other connections. I bet he's going to go get the picture off the wall. I'm betting that's what he comes with. I know my husband well. He's going to bring the picture of, of Nellie Sharp. 
Thank you. Can you guys see that? The nose. A little closer. The eyes. Yeah, the first time oh, I yeah. saw that picture, Karen, I thought it looked just like you, the one on the right. <laughs> Look at the yeah. face. Looks yeah. just like you. Yeah. Um, there's a great book I can recommend about a guy who spontaneously remembered his past life. His name is Jeff Keen. Um, we've had him on Paranormal Underground Radio. I've uh, interviewed him for the magazine. The book is called um, Someone Else's Yesterday. And um, for me, it was really interesting to read that to start to confirm and understand how past lives start to present themselves to you. So I highly recommend that book. So do you feel like that helps you a little bit? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Lori. Awesome. We have a couple questions. And before we do that, I just we have a, um, a comment on our Facebook feed of, uh, from Joshua Chang. He's loving it, Karen. He loves oh. the conversation. I just so thought, thought I I'd mention that real quick. And then we have two questions, one from Mikkel and one from Yvette. So Mikkel, do you want to go first? You guys want to duke it out or... Have a okay. <laughs> Real quick. Um, so unfortunately, I've lost two dogs during the pandemic. Um, one was a massive heart attack. And then we um, and he was only four. And the other oh, dog was um, one that we had rescued after um, the, uh, one of them had passed, we rescued another and he ended up having cancer and, and dying within uh, about five weeks of us adopting him. Um, oh. I would love to learn more about um, healing with animals is there I mean I know that could be a really long conversation but there's I mean is there some and then thank you also when you did some Reiki when you were um, traveling you helped me with my 15 year old Chihuahua who's been having a lot of seizures so thank you for yeah you that that Reiki for her but is there th some things that I can do to kind of communicate with my animals and and help heal them and um, just kind of deliver and also um, receive uh, knowledge from them Sure. So first, let me tell you that when I first um, started working with all of this stuff again, I actually was like, um, I, I think it was maybe on an uh, in a blog. And I was like, well, I'm starting to believe all this stuff, but animal communication come on. And I had this gal contact me, her name is Heidi Wright, and she was an animal communicator. And she was like, really, you're gonna, that's where you're gonna draw the line. <laughs> and then now one of my very good friends, Karen Anderson, who lives in um, Eastern Washington, here in Washington State, is a communi animal communicator as well. And she's actually helped us with monkey, by the way. Um, so because thank God monkey was waking us every night, several times a night, and she, she fixed that for us. Um, <laughs> so animals respond really well to any hands-on stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Even if, yeah, yeah just touch them. I mean, touch them with the intention to send that healing energy. Okay. Um, and that is really from a healing standpoint, that is the best thing you can do for them. And um, I know that you and Jamie are going to come down here and we're going to do some Reiki anyway, and you're going to be attuned and that's going to be super helpful. I recommend hands-on healing modalities for pets. Okay. I think uh, Reiki for pets is really great. I know people who use it with horses. I know people who use it with cats. Um, and so I think that as, the sooner we can do that, the better. And I know that that means that, you know, you need to be able to leave the house and go places and do stuff, but we'll get there. 
Um, anyway, and for those of you who are interested in Reiki, I do have a Reiki class this weekend. Reiki class and attunement. I think it's on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and you can sign up for that on my site if it's something you're interested in. Um, it's just like this on Zoom. Um, but as far as communicating with them, um, I think you just, you know, when you have your hands on them, just kind of close your eyes and breathe and, and ask them, is there anything you want me to know? And then pay attention. Do you feel something in your body? Do you feel an emotion? Um, and it's going to be something that's going to be probably like the emotion. It's going to be a little more basic than what a human emotion would feel, but you still might feel sad or excited or happy or tired or, or whatever it is. Um, and so you can do those things. And then the other thing is just pay attention. They, it depends on how you receive your information. And when you're communicating with animals, you receive the information the same way that you would um, when you're communicating psychically in any other way. So if the way that you primarily get your information is you see flashes of pictures in your head, your visual, then you're probably gonna see little, little flashes of things. Um, you know, monkey just kind of, I mean, she just lets me know she looks at me and I just know what she wants. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm trained. I think I've just got so much fear after losing two dogs in a oh, row that no. my heart and my head are just like, I, every small little incident, I'm like, oh my gosh, it, you know, what's going on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I would just, I would seriously just put your hands on them and, and just say, is there something I need to know and see in your body if you feel something that okay. you would normally be feeling i think that's a really good way to start is just see if you feel something in your body or if you feel an emotion hey paula are you there yes, paula yes, when you were um when you communicated with monkey the other day remember and you told me about her feet yeah what did you how why why what did you i just it, it the word just popped in my head okay I she didn't say something specifically. Um, I just, just, it just comes, I don't know how to explain that. Mm -hmm. It's just that I just got feet, you know, feet <laughs> or foot. Yeah. And you were mm -hmm. right on. I mean, you were right on. So yeah. Okay. That's much so, like with humans. Yeah. The way that you receive, you're going to receive the information the same way you would receive any other. And the other thing is you can pull a card. Okay. Um, but realize that the animals that come to you, whether it's very short or very yeah. long, they come to you because they are drawn to you and you are drawn to them. You are meant to be together regardless of how long that interaction is. And I understand the fear. We lost two dogs a couple of years ago within, yeah. you know, a, a, well, one of them died right after my dad did. And then the other mm -hmm. one was like a year later. And um, so I get it. We yeah. love our pets, right? They are our hearts. Um, but don't let fear keep you from having those yeah. animal relationships because they need you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank and if you. you ever feel like you need an animal communicator, I have some I can put you in touch with. Okay. Thank okay. you. Uh-huh. Lazarus. It's the instance. Can you read what that says? Somebody, my eyes are getting a little... It's the instance of something else putting a thought or word into your head and you go, huh, why did I think that? That thought doesn't have my color to it. Perfect. Thank you, Lazarus. I appreciate No problem. It. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, did you have anything else, 
Mikkel? No, okay. I see Yvette's hand is up. Yvette's, yes, Yvette's up. Hey, so, so I guess it kind of goes along with what you were just asking, Paula. Um, and I think I've learned as I've just become aware and awakened to this that I do get things kind of like Lazarus said, it's just a knowing and you know it's not your own. It's just not something you would have thought of. So a few minutes ago when we were talking with Lori, my ears started ringing. And I've noticed in the past month that's kind of become a new signal to me um so like right then I'm like okay and I'm, I know I'm like being so literal I'm like what you know but is that more like just a clue hey past life's gonna might be something you need to kind of pay attention to or let's think about this yep I'm not really physically gonna hear something necessarily when the ringing starts so that's my first question and then kind of it goes along with what are some of the signals that you may receive. I mean, you've talked tonight about a knowing, you've talked about a feeling in your body. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about the ringing in the ears. I, yeah. I guess maybe just a nice little list. Of, you want me to go over like, the ears? Like ringing in the ears, I just wouldn't have realized yeah. and had I not listened to you guys before, you know, yeah. over this past year. So sure. do, the clairs, Karen. do the clairs, do the clairs, do the clairs. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, very likely, for sure. I will very but, likely forget a few clairs. So if you guys uh, have a question about something that you're experiencing and I haven't brought it up, please ask. Um, okay, so the clairs are the various ways that you receive psychic. Uh, so it's like clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, things like that. So clairvoyance is clear seeing and it is a psychic seeing. Um, and so, ooh, my ears just started ringing. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, and so it's psychic seeing. And so I mentioned like it might be like the eye floaters or the the swimming things, but it also it can be actual visual phenomena, whether it's um, a blurring of your vision, a sharpening of your vision, um, a like colors being off, you may see like somebody standing there that's not there. It can actually be visual phenomena. It can also be visual phenomena in your mind. Um, so when you close your eyes, I don't know about you guys, but when I close my eyes, um, I immediately stuff pictures start flashing in my eyes and they flash by very, very quickly. Um, and that can be a way that you see it as well. I know when I first started really working on doing psychic readings, um, I would just see this or see that and it would be so fast. I had to be really focused and pay attention. So that's clairvoyance, various ways of seeing things, whether it's in your mind's eye, whether it's visual phenomena, or whether you're actually seeing something with your eyes. Um, it can be snapshots. Right, it's usually not high definition video. No. <laughs> See, that was my, my dilemma before. I'm like, I'm not seeing anything. And then no, the, you know. I was seeing like negative kind of things, you know, yeah. like a film negative is yeah. what I you know, realized I was seeing actually. So it can be a film negative. It can be snapshots. It can be like a slideshow. It can be like a snippet of a movie. It can be colors. Um, it can be fog. It can be anything. So it's anything that is unusual through your minds, things like that. Um, shapes. Thank you, Paula. Yes. Also shapes, that type of thing. Um, the next one is clear audience. That's clear hearing. It's a psychic hearing. Um, I have a friend who would uh, always just say she would be like she would hear things and I would say well are you clairaudient and she'd be like 
no, no, I just have really good hearing. Well, no, she was clairaudient. <laughs> she eventually came to admit that and realized that, but she would be like, no, no, I just, I just have really good hearing. Well, nobody has that good of hearing. I'm sorry. Can you guys see Mickey running around on the floor? Is that Mickey behind me? Yep. His, he's wondering, I'm, I moved his stairs, so he's trying to figure out how to get up to the couch. Mickey, um, I love you. Isn't he cute? Yes. He is. He's a Brussels Griffon. They both are. Mickey is our Mickey is our anxious dog. He is afraid of everyone and everything, and he hates everybody but Jim and me. He was Woody Allen. In the past we think he, Jim says he was Woody Allen in a past life with the neuro neuroses. Um. Anyway, so Claire, audience. Um. So all of the auditory phenomena I was talking about, things like ringing in your ears, um, pressure in your ears, all of that type of stuff, can be um a audience, you might actually hear like murmuring or voices. Um, you might just hear words in your mind. You might hear music. Uh, you might hear the sound of beds. Like I've, I occasionally I wake up to someone speaking my voice or ringing a bell or oh, whistling. Whistling is a good one. We were actually so you really do feel like you're hearing it and I mean like maybe sometimes I think I'm hearing it and sometimes it's in my head but like okay. when I've woken up to hearing a bell ringing no I mean I thought somebody was out here beating on one of my singing bowls okay. as what I thought was happening and I actually heard that um and so it can be um and it can even be clear audience can even come through as electronic voice phenomena where you capture sounds on um a recording medium that you don't hear in real time that can be a clear audience um, way of doing clear audience as well um sometimes it's words sometimes it's phrases sometimes it's grunts and groans um i mean you know a lot of the grunts and groans are just me standing up because i'm you know in my 50s and things creak <laughs> but but all of those things you might hear the sound of animals you might hear the sound of breathing you might hear somebody go all of those can be auditory phenomena if there's nothing around that's actually making that sound right because we all know how sound works just like how sight works so sight works because waves hit your eyeball and you actually see something sound works because something hits your eardrum right um and if there's nothing around to create those sound waves that are striking your ear eardrum chances are it's probably a, a clairaudient phenomena um Clairsentience is clear knowing. That is where you just know stuff. I am clairsentient. That is my primary ability. Uh, the others have developed around it, but clairsentience is one, one you don't know something and then you do. That, it right, is that's mine too. Download yeah. of information. Um, you may know a whole lot or you may know a little bit. And it just all of a sudden is there. And one of the ways to recognize clairsentience is if it keeps coming to you, no matter what you do to try to put it out of your mind, and there's no reason it should be there, it's probably psychic information that's coming to you. Um, Clair olfactants, psychic smelling, I get this. I smell ozone. Um, I know people smell things like smoke. Somebody mentioned roses. Um, it just things may smell off. You might smell fresh air. It might smell like it's going to thunder. It might smell like it's going to rain. I mean, some of that is atmospheric phenomena. But if there is no reason for that, like when when somebody when a spirit is in this house that wants to talk to me, one of two things happens. I either smell ozone or I feel um, it in my ears. And I can tell you guys a story. I've probably 
all of you have probably heard this before, so I'm sorry, but bear with me. When my father was dying, um, he was in hospice and Jim and I and my mom and my sister and my, my family were there and we were standing in his room and he was really struggling to breathe. And um, we knew that it was, it was the end. And, but you just never know when that last breath is coming. And I felt pressure in my ears. And I did this to Jim. I looked at Jim and I did this because the rest of my family is not really into this stuff and they don't believe in this stuff. And I didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable. So all I did was this to Jim. My dad took his last breath right after that. I felt them come for him and I felt him go. And I felt it as auditory phenomenon. Okay, so Claire Sentience, Claire, oh, Claire Gustin's tasting, psychic tasting. Um, like if you've ever watched Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium, she'll say, I taste blood. That's uh, one of her one of her abilities. People may taste things like nickels, or um, metal, or your mouth you, your mouth may just water all of a sudden or get really dry. Things like that. Um, those are all signs, and it might even just be like a weird tingling on your tongue or things like that. Um, anything having to do with your mouth and the sense of taste. Um, Claire empathy is of course being empathic. Empathy can be two things. It can be emotional and it can be physical. Some people have one or the other, and a lot of people have both. And kind of my smell test for that is that if you feel it um, and it doesn't relate to anything that's going on in your life, um, then that's how you know. And I know when I do uh, energy healing with people, I feel their stuff in my body. And that's how I know where to do the healing work. And so that's how I actually am medical and medically intuitive is because when I am near somebody who doesn't feel well, I don't feel well either. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. And people who are empathic, by the way, often are the ones who have either a lot of anxiety or a lot of really weird, unexplained physical problems. Um, Claire Cognic, no. Um, then there's feel, touch. And I can't remember the Claire right now, I'm sorry. Um, but it's, you feel like changes in pressure, uh, goosebumps, um, shivers, full body chills. What just, about like wind? I mean, like I have felt different times meditating, like there's a wind that goes by like on my face and on my cheek every time. Yep. That yeah. can be, it. yeah. Like a little breeze on your skin, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of those. I call that all just spidey sense stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then there's just other weird random stuff that people might notice. So those are the main things, but then there's just like Jim's, um, Jim has a psychic ability. Do you want to tell him what your psychic? do you want to come tell him what your psychic ability is or should I? You mean like the ability to find our way out of a wet paper bag? Yes. <laughs> Jim, Jim is always saying I am as psychic as a rock and, um, this man has a sense of direction like nobody I have ever met. He can be somewhere he has never been and know exactly which way to go and where everything is. And that's his, that's his ability. So like yeah, he says he feels like he has a map of the world in his head. And that is just, he just knows. And what's really funny about that is I have zero, so I'm the opposite. I get lost in my bed. Seriously, when I was a kid, I would go down to the bottom of my bed and I'd spin around and around and then I wouldn't be able to get out and I'd have to cry for my mom. So I have no sense of direction. I'm lucky that I can make it to the couch every morning to do my work. So did that, I think, did it, did anybody, does anybody have any other weird little things that they sense that they're wondering about that I didn't mention? Yeah, 
All right. Oh, Mikhail's the same. You, I am so jealous. I am, I am a lost puppy. I can't find my way anywhere. And, but what's really interesting is my proprioception is very, very poor too. Like if I'm in a pool or something, I don't know where my body is in space. That's why I'm so clumsy. I trip over things. So, yeah. All right. More questions? Um, you know what, there's a good, uh, there was good conversation in the chat room here. Um, Amira was talking about, or she was asking for recommendations uh, for a tarot deck. And then we had some good responses. So Karen, do you have any recommendations? Yeah. <clears throat> so what I recommend you do is I recommend you go to a store that has a bunch of decks and you find the one you're drawn to. I always recommend finding what you're drawn to when you're working for your tools. However, my favorite deck is the Osho Zen Tarot because for me, first of all, the art is really evocative and beautiful, but it also makes me, um, it fits kind of my worldview. It's very Buddhist and Zen. And so everything, you know, it's the interpretations are very wide open. So what you want is you want a deck that um, is visually arresting and energetically linked to you that you can then um, look at it and have it trigger things in you. So you can go ahead and learn the spreads and you can go ahead and learn the um, what the meaning of each of the cards. Um, and by decks, it can be either a tarot deck or an oracle deck. Um, but yeah, and you just, you can do all of those things, but the way that I recommend you do it is that you pull a card and you see what the card triggers in you. And that's actually, I do that in every reading I do. Before I start my reading, I pull a card for that person. Those of you who have had readings from me know that I always say, well, I pulled your card and this is what we're gonna talk about today. And they're usually pretty right on. I mean, they're pretty impressive. And for me also, my tarot deck is my security blanket because I feel like if I get stuck, I can at least pull a card because <laughs> my ego gets involved in readings. And I think, oh my God, what happens if this person came to me for a reading and today's the day that that it's just like <laughs> so other questions uh melissa has a question okay melissa she's muted let's see here if i can i asked her to unmute but okay. oh okay there she is hi those of us that are more new to this, like when meditating, like a lot of these things I'll get, like the ringing and like bright, colorful, like visions and whatnot, like mm. salivating and all of this. Mm. But the actual hearing anything, that's still like, how do you get closer to that? I mean, it just may not be what you do. Does that make sense? Yeah. It honestly, it may just not be what you do. Um, but what I would say, so do you mean getting, are you, do you mean specifically hearing or do you mean um, actually getting more specific information? Specific information. Like I'll get the, the clogged ears and the tingling and mm -hmm. I can feel wind and goosebumps, like all of the physical things are there. Right. If that makes sense. And it feels like there is a presence some I've, I've experienced wonderful ones and I've experienced not so wonderful ones but um there's never really any information passed 
back and forth or anything. Or you're not recognizing the information because you don't know what it's going to look like, how it's going to be packaged for you, which is what I would guess it is, is because you're sensing that they're there. And mine started with that spidey sense stuff too. I mean, that's what I would call it. I wrote, when I wrote about it for, if you read like my first couple of books, all I talk about is spidey sense because I just had no vocabulary for it and no understanding for it. Um, so what, um, if you feel safe with the energy, first of all, if you feel unsafe with the energy, put up your bubble and ask it to leave. Okay. So make sure it's an energy you feel safe with. And if you feel safe with the energy, again, close your eyes, maybe grab, um, an amethyst crystal or something and, um, hold it in your hands and just say, what do you want me to know? And then pay attention to everything because my guess is what's happening because and i can tell you this because this is what i would do is that i knew exactly what they wanted to communicate with me but i just wasn't going to believe it because i can't do that you know and <laughs> um and so it's kind of like when i was mentioning to lori that you just sort of when you get information never ignore it write it down, pay attention to it, write it in a notebook, um, you know, on a pad of paper, whatever it is. Um, and then the other thing, and I know that this works for some people, is that if you're in a space where you can do this, right, so you're probably not going to do it in the middle of a grocery store or something. If you have an activity that is a meditative activity for you, um, a drum, playing a flute, uh, dancing, uh, what chanting, whatever it is, um, and you feel safe with the energy, go into that meditative space. Say, uh, my intention with this meditation is tell me what I need to know. Um, the other thing I really works, are you a visual person or what, how do you best retain information like in the real world when you're not doing psychic stuff? How do you learn? Well, I'll take notes. Okay. So you learn best by listening and writing it down. So then I would sit down and I would uh, just pen to paper and say, is there anything I want to know? And then whatever comes into your mind, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay. Start writing it and write everything that comes into your mind. If you get stuck, just write the same word over and over and over again until you unstuck. Don't censor it. Don't edit it. Don't worry about anybody else reading it or seeing it. Just write it down. Anything that comes in your mind, anything. And that's the way that that's the best way that you can start working with that information. So somebody asked what the difference is between tarot and oracle cards. So tarot are actually based on um, Rider Waite tarot deck. Um, and they are uh, very specifically laid out, minor arcana, major arcana. And oracle cards tend to be more like angel cards and things like that. They're not laid out in the same way that a tarot deck is. I mean, that's the main difference. So I'm sorry, Melissa, did you have another question? Or? That was it. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, you bet. Karen, real quick. Um, let's see. Where did that where did that question go? Um, Mikkel wanted to know um, the crystal that she needs. Was it blue? Blue Gabbro. G-A-B-B-R-O. Ladies of a certain age all need blue Gabbro, but I think Mikkel also needs it for um, for some psychic work. 
So Jim's going to go get, I bet he's going to go get my blue Gabbro so you can see what it is. Isn't he helpful? Nice, he is. Isn't he handy? Yeah. I was going to say, he's such a good helper tonight. He is. He's good to have around. He even did the dishes. He even did the dishes. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Nice. This is blue Gabbro. Don't get this shape and put it on under your mattress because that would be rather uncomfortable. Um, but like when this, honestly, when I have a hot flash, I hold it in my receiving hand and the heat immediately just drains out of me. It's incredible. We call it the cooler. <laughs> the cooler. The cooler. Okay. Cool you down. Um. I missed a question, Karen, during your discussion of the Claire's and uh, Lazarus was, was asking a question. I wonder if uh, Lazarus wants to, to come on and ask that question to you. Lazarus? Uh, yeah, one second. I have to find what I said again. <laughs> remember what your question was? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh no. Okay, one second. Uh, no, no worries. Uh, so I was wondering, with the way that I talked to uh, Kane, which you know a little bit about of, probably from my mom, uh, the way that I, that they kind of, he kind of talks through me is for the fact of, I feel like, like I explained in the chat, that there's a dialogue being spoken, but I don't know the script. And I was uh, trying to, Perfect. like, I was trying to put a name to that. So that's, uh, I, you're channeling. I mean, that's what I do when I channel the Georges as well. And I am aware of this. I've talked to your mom about it a little bit. And Lazarus is actually a very gifted channel. So, um, so you're, I mean, the dialogue is, it's channeling. You're channeling. That's what it's called. Yeah. All right, do we have any other questions? I see hands raised. Hands are raised. I missed a hand. Raina has a question. Uh, so about a year ago, um, I did a Reiki attunement. And I remember after that feeling for a week or two afterwards, like I was just constantly receiving Reiki. Um, and then that just kind of died down, you know. Um, but since then, it's not regular. Maybe every four weeks or every eight weeks, I have this period of time for three to five days where I feel like that again. Where the Reiki just, is it like a buzz or warmth or what? Yeah, just like? constant like going through my body. And I, you know, I thought maybe it was connected to the moon or something. I couldn't find any patterns. So my guess is it's when you need it. Well, I need or, it all the time. Yeah. Or when somebody else around you needs it. So in my classes, um, especially in my first degree class, when I teach about it, is that what I tell people is sometimes it just turns on when you're around mm -hmm. somebody. And because you don't want to be like Teresa Caputo and go up and go, hey, right, to a stranger in the grocery store. So you can either just discharge it on yourself or I recommend just touching the ground and grounding okay. it, letting it, sending it into the earth. But it's because either somebody around you needs it or you need it. Thank you. All right. While we're waiting for the next question, I have a question for you, Karen. Mm -hmm. um, you touched on this a bit earlier, and I wanted to go back to it real quick. So if I discover one day that I have psychic abilities. Well, you do. I, go on. 
but I just want to tune them out. I don't want to deal with it um, for whatever reasons. Yeah. Are there downsides to doing that? Um, it depends. <laughs> <All> uh, <laughs> Sorry. So it kind of depends on your, your path, right? So for me, there were downsides to tuning out my psychic ability for all of those years. And what it was, was that free floating anxiety and that stress and, and not ever understanding why my moods were all over the place. I mean, I thought I was, I thought I was mentally ill. I thought something was wrong with me. Um, and until I started working with this and I stepped into the flow of it and, you know, it wasn't automatic. It took me a long time to get from, oh, that's right, this happened when I was a kid to what I'm doing now, which is having an open dialogue with people about it. There was a huge process in the middle of that um, that because, I, because there's a lot of concerns about social acceptance, right? And family acceptance and religious acceptance. And all of those are, are a result of our conditioning in the society that we live in. And it can be very uncomfortable. And not to minimize anybody else's um, anybody else's experiences. But I likened my stepping into my psychic abilities as a coming out of the closet. I mean, because it is in a lot of places, it is that, that um, unaccepted. And, and so one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation actually is because I think the more we talk about it, um, and the more people are willing to step into their power, the more it becomes accepted just as any other thing that's considered not appropriate in our society or not acceptable in our society the way that it, it grows is because we step into it we talk about it we accept it and we talk about it as if it's natural and not paranormal psychic ability is not paranormal it is normal everybody has psychic ability every one of you has has the ability to do this and it's just whether you choose to develop it or not look, you're not going to, it's, you're, I'm not saying your life is going to be miserable if you don't do anything with it, but if it is a calling that feels like a strong part of who you are, I had no choice. I had to do this. It was either that, or I was going to be miserable. I mean, and Cheryl, you were there for the whole thing. You watched that whole awakening with me. And I don't know, do I seem a lot easier now than I was? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karen, you were always delightful, but <laughs> A little? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's a, it, it was an authenticity thing and it was stepping yeah. into the power and authenticity of who I am. Psychic ability is a gift and it, it makes me sad. It makes my heart hurt when people are ashamed of it or embarrassed by it, but I get it because I've been there. And, and so um, I guess the harm is, is in keeping it in that closet. So a, a quick two-part question, and then Mikkel has a question. Um, why does the word psychic have such a negative stigma to it then? And it's getting better, I would say. And um, conditioning, social conditioning, religion, um, you know, people like Harry Houdini. And, and uh, look, there are people out there who are... Um, have probably have psychic abilities because I believe everybody do, but they're also scamming. And that's just, I mean, that's just a thing. Um, and, and so I think that that, because it is the potential to do harm with it, um, 
is there, but the potential to do harm is there for everything. And so I can't police anyone else's intentions. I can only police my intentions. And I know that my intentions are good. And if you know that your intentions are good, um, then I would encourage you to just be as authentic as you can, because the more people who authentically come out and do this and do it with an open um, and authentic I'll tell you, if I don't, if I don't know, if I'm not getting stuff, and some of you have had readings with me where I'm just like, yeah, not today. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, you just have to be as authentic and honest with it as you can when you work with it and work with it in a way that feels comfortable, authentic, and honest for you. And that's a process of discovering. Lazarus says, just let out the brain chatter. Also, whole feelings around witches, pagans, Wiccans. Yeah, that's the other thing is the, the whole witches. You know, we still use witch as an insult. Well, so, what, if you read the rest of that, it said a label of being devil worshipers. And devil worshiper. Yeah, yeah. Look, I come from a religious family. And, um, and so I get it. I'm, uh, my family loves me and they accept me. Um, I'm sure there's some eye rolling that goes on behind my back and I, I get that. I mean, I, you know, I have participated in that at times in my life as well. Um, and so, but some people just don't understand it. We fear what we don't understand. And the more we do things like this and the more people who step into that and authentically interact with the world from their intuitive side, the less stigmatized this becomes. So you, you look at um, having psychic abilities in your daily life as a gift, correct? Mm -hmm. What would you say real quick to someone who thinks it's a curse? Well, I used to think that. I mean, I used to call empathy my biggest, my biggest gift and my biggest curse, right? And I guess what I would tell somebody who thinks it's a curse is, is that you get to decide whether it's a gift or a curse in your life. I can't tell you one way or another. Um, but I would much rather see it as a gift because that makes my life more flowy and happy and easy and authentic. If I saw it as a curse, I would um, be a very unhappy, upset, angry person. And so it's just a matter of, I, I can't tell anybody what their perspective can be. I can only tell you what my perspective is and listen to yours. Okay, on to a question. Michaela has, a, oh, I'm sorry, I said Michaela. No, um, it's okay. <laughs> Mikhail has a question. Do I'm people sorry. always mispronounce your name? Oh my goodness. Well, my maiden last name started with an X. And I so know. usually people would just get to me, get to me and not say anything. And I'd be like, here. <laughs> yes. Um, I apologize that this is such a specific question, but I feel like maybe somebody might learn from it too, because I feel compelled to ask about it. Um, lately, I've been really drawn to my Moldavite and uh, most recently my uh, Colombianite. Um, my Colombianite is got such strong energy, even when my husband holds it, his heart just or his hands just starts pulsating. For me, it's uh, an anxiety feeling, but I love it at the same time, but I can't bring it even near my bedroom because it's so strong. And I've tried to hold on to it for a period of time. And it's just, uh, it's, it's difficult to, um, because it creates a, just a lot of anxiety and almost my heart. Uh, chakra area but when I go to bed I think about it I leave it downstairs in the bottom uh, on my main floor and I'm thinking about it like I'm, I'm connected to it even though when it's not near me but when it's near me it's incredibly strong and I'm just not really sure 
I know this is very specific, but I'm not really sure what if it's a if this is a good or a bad you know uh, stone to be working with. Um, something just exploded outside. Sorry, that's why I was like. <laughs> Transformer blue. So if, oh if you lose me, that means my power went out. That was that was um, my Columbianite doing that. That was your Columbianite doing that. Um, so you don't bring it into your bedroom. Yeah. Um, because you need to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that that draw repulsion thing means that it's probably something that's um working on some shadow block stuff and that always feels uncomfortable so work with it in little stretches i'm sorry is that what you were asking me i got so distracted by the boom that yeah no I, i'm trying to i'm trying to identify if it's why i'm having such a challenging time working with it why i'm drawn to it but then i can't hold it for very long because it's it's shadow work for you it's going to okay. be a, a shadow worky thing also um may i please see the chia pet behind you oh that oh it's actually a pot. Oh my god, that is so cool. <laughs> it's I a pot it. I found, and I just decided to plant some pearls in his head. So in <laughs> oh, the sunglasses, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so uh, uh, I think that that happens a lot where you're drawn to a stone, but then when you're with it, it's right. And and what that yeah. is, is that's a, a clearing blocks stone. And okay. um, I mean, like, I worry it. about it getting lost or like a spirit taking it. I like, I think about it constantly, but I can't hold it. But <laughs> if, it, if it gets lost, oh, it's kind of like a Lord of the Ring hits your precious. Yes. It yeah. is very strong. Um, so I would say that, like I was telling you about those crystals that I lost before I had that thing yes. to go to. Yes. Those were lost for a very specific reason. The universe took those crystals away from yes. me because I needed to understand that I could be in that situation and be okay without the yeah. crystal. Okay. And so I, one of the things I always say about crystals or anything that is kind of like a magical item to you, right, is that they come to you for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. And um, so some you're going to have forever. Some, if they get lost, they are, they're lost for a reason. And when you need them, they'll come back to you. And you know how many pendulums like, have lost? <laughs> I, right. That's because that's not the pendulum for you anymore. Yeah. And well, because we get attached to things and we will yeah. keep using them forever unless the universe takes them away. Yeah. And I mean, I've even had like where I had this, um, like one of these Vogels, it was a, a piece of citrine Vogel. And it was, I mean, I spent like a couple hundred bucks on it. And um, we were at a, a thing um, and my friend Carolyn held it. And I was like, oh, it's hers. I mean, and I just, I gave it to her because because it told me that's where it's supposed to go. Yeah. And so non-attachment is a thing. And so I would be really concerned about your attachment to that. And I think um, you may want to look into the attachment to that and cleanse it. Yeah, I um, put it in the dirt outside for 24 hours and brought it back in. No, I think you need to um, cut cords. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I, what I was going to say is I think you probably need to do some like sage, actually sage it. Okay. Um, and then, um, 
and then see how you feel about it still. And then call, Paula was mentioning cutting cords and just visualize cutting the cords from it as well. And then just work with it a little bit at a time um, because the, the, my precious thing, it's the, as much time as you're spending thinking about it is a little concerning. Yeah. And my guess is, is that it's a, it's probably there to remove blocks, but you need to, um, cut that emotional tie with it so okay. that you can then let it work for you in the way that it, it should be working for you. Okay. Thank you. Yvette has a question. Um, so how do we balance the psychic stuff with everyday life? Um, she, really, she really likes experiencing the psychic world, but lives in a very mainstream world. Yes, yes. She I know does. we've talked about that, but I don't think it's just me. You know, no. I mean, so, still, yeah. So, so did I, um, and and I still do. Although I've managed to work my world into this, right? And so, um, but again, that was a transitional thing. And so, what I did is I worked with the psychic. And I don't like, by the way, I hate the word "use psychic ability" because mm -hmm. it's not something we work with. It's something we partner with. And mm -hmm. so, what I would say is that you partner with it quietly. Yeah. You I mean, it's like something great happens, like, you know, you just like received something and you're, you know, in that first grade classroom and you can't go tell anybody, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, whatever those kind of things are, you know, you're doing your daily life and yeah, I come home just, and tell Jim or I message Cheryl yeah. or I message Paula okay. or I mean, and, and just so like I stuff have, happens and you you're just like, inner circle, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, I am still very compartmentalized in some areas of my life. Like when my dad was dying, I didn't say like, oh my God, they just came for him because most of the people in the room would have been very, very uncomfortable with that. Um, and so, but you know, I just kind of, you know, Jim and I, I, I pulled my ear at you. You just knew what I meant. But, and then we talked about it later. So, so you find, yeah, that's also not the right moment for it. So you find those things and then you, you have your people and you share it with them. And the other thing I do is when something like that happens, like I had a reading the other day that something happened and I was like, what? And as soon as I was done with that reading and, and believe it or not, I still, even though I do readings and things, when I'm done with readings, I'm like, I can't believe I can do this. And I know so many psychics, imposter syndrome is huge with people in the psychic community. It's a big thing. We don't have, what's the other one where you think you're competent at something and you're, you're not done Kruger. It's, it's the opposite of Dunning Kruger, right? Yeah. It's not, it's the opposite of Dunning Kruger syndrome. It is like almost every psychic and no, I have a friend, um, Sharon, who does gallery readings. And I remember she did a gallery reading and she came off stage and she said, I can't believe I can do this. <laughs> and she's done gallery readings for years. So there's always some of that. And so what I do is I always, the first thing I do, like when I'm done with, and I've done readings with you, Yvette, when I'm done with readings, I always, the first thing I do is I just take a minute and I close my eyes and I say, thank you. Um, and, and if there's nothing else you can do, express your gratitude for it, write it down and just have that inner circle. Look, you can email me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think writing it down maybe is my next step because it's like, there are so many things and like life just keeps going and you forget. And then something happens and you go, oh yeah. 
Yeah, you and know. well, yeah. recording that is important because right. that's confirmation because we all need that confirmation. As it strengthens our belief in our own self, you know, in what we're able to get and do and that kind of thing. Okay, cool. Absolutely, for sure. Paula, I see your hand up. I see both your hands up. Your little blue hand, your regular hand. Well, I didn't know if the other hand, it's like, because my background is yellow, I didn't know if you could see it. So I could see it. Um, so Ha had a direct messaged me and said, you said something about Columbia night, but I, that's that she wrote out Columbia night, but I'm sure that's not what you said. And I missed it. I heard, I heard something about that, but I'm guessing you were talking about a stone. Mikhail, she's going to go get it. She, she knows exactly where it is because it's her precious. So is it, is that what it's called is Columbia night? Columbia night. Yeah. It's a, that Columbia night is a, um, branded crystal. Um, so which means it's a branded crystal, which means it's a crystal that is some mineral that somebody has given a brand name to, so they can charge more for it. Um, like Boji stones, Boji stones are a grant branded crystal that does, let me see, hold it. Well, it's, a, it's an obsidian. It's a tectite. Is it a tectite? Your speakers off or your mic's off. It's like Moldavite, but it's brown. Yeah, it's a tectite. Yeah, it's, it's a, it looks like an Apache tear kind of. It's obsidian. It's yeah, it's I mean it's definitely got if you look it up at the light, it's got kind of a there, it's it's like moldavite's green, yeah. like glass looking. This is definitely more like a smoky color. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's an obsidian. It's a um it's a volcanic, it's either a volcanic glass or a meteor impact glass that somebody has branded. But a lot of those, my guess is, I think it's a tectite. Um, when I looked it up, it just says Columbianite tectite beside it. Just okay. if you Google it. So, yeah. I mean. It, it, well, it looks like a tectite and it feels like a tectite. Yeah, it's very um, bumpy. Yep, so it's a tectite. And um, so uh, tectites come from outer space. Yep. Well, they come from meteor impacts. The meteors come from outer space and they create the, the, the glass. And um, so it is very similar to Moldavite. And a lot of times those have to do with really deep DNA issues. And so my guess is that's why it's so challenging for you and also why you're so, um, I, I think that I'm wondering if it almost, um, how do I say this? You're, like, a, you're an alien. You're just an alien. That's not what I was trying to say, but, uh, <laughs> I've often it, thought Jamie and I both think we're aliens. So we, yeah, I'm sure you guys, you might have alien, maybe it's calling you home. Maybe you have alien DNA. Well, I think, I think that what it is, is I'm trying to think of, of the best way to say it is that I think, yeah, I think it is a DNA thing and it's reminding transparent. Me. I can take it. No, it's not that it's that <laughs> it's, that you never, when you're embodied in this life, want to become too focused on what you were previously, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is, I mean, I think that the obsession is with what I was previously, even though that's not what you recognize it as. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the repulsion and the fact that you can't do it too long is because you don't want to get drawn. You have to be here now, mm. right? But this can help you with karmic things and past life things and DNA things. So I do think that that block thing is right. Uh, when I feel it with you, are you holding it still? 
I put it back in my bag. Okay, but where I feel it is I actually feel it in my sacral chakra. Yep. Okay. Yeah. My husband feels it when he, I can put it in his hand and his eyes are closed and he knows what exactly that I put it in his hand and he starts feeling a pulsating of uh, almost like someone's squeezing the blood, like, like he's getting his blood pressure to, yes. In his head. In his hand. Okay. Yeah. So he feels yeah. it too in a different way, but he feels it. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, it's definitely affecting both of us. Yeah. Tectites are super cool. Um, but they're also incredibly challenging crystals. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. All right. Other questions? Lazarus had a good point um, in chat. Um, reminding yourself you aren't insane or mental. So by writing it down and such helps very much with imposter syndrome. So I just yeah. want to re-emphasize re that. Well, and you find a group like this, right? You find someone or a group of someone's who can be supportive and that you can have these discussions with where they can say, oh, I feel that too. You know, the most validating stuff for me, honestly, is as I was starting this was talking to other people and then being like, yeah, yeah, I've had that happen too. And that's, it's very validating and it's very important. Community is important. We're, we're pack animals, right? Um, who are largely separated from our packs right now. And, um, so, but you can still connect, you can still connect energetically um, by having conversations, by meeting on Zoom, by talking on Facebook, all of those things are very important. And especially for our community, um, it's very important. So thank you, Lazarus. Good point. That Lazarus is a smart one. Paula did a pretty good job. <laughs> Your aura is, oh, okay. Um, anybody else? That was a private message, sorry. Yes, any questions? I have one. Well, I'll decide whether I wanna answer it when you ask. I it. always have questions, right? Okay. No. Um, what are the best resources out there for someone who wants to um, explore their psychic abilities more? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Whoops, I forgot to shut down my email. Sorry, Cheryl, you were supposed to remind me. Oops. <laughs> We're almost done now. That was the first email I got all good. Um, some good resources. Uh, you know, I would say find somebody that you trust and talk to, join a group, um, get a mentor, um, read a book. You know, there's so much stuff out there. I would say your best resources are not the TV people. Do you guys all know what I mean by that? They're not the TV people. Um, so find somebody that you connect with and you feel is authentic and have those conversations. Um, you know, we, uh, like if you relate to somebody, I know a lot of you are in my share Reiki community. If you meet somebody in a class or in the community and you relate to them, message them and say, Hey, can we be psychic buddies? Get a psychic buddy. Honestly, I think that's your best resource is that other person. Um, it's called the share Reiki community is my group. And, um, yeah, that would be, uh, there's, it's a great group of people. It is focused on Reiki, but anybody who's interested in any of this stuff is welcome there. I just called it a Reiki thing because that was, I think my Reiki book or something. So I was going to say, I've learned a lot from the podcast you guys do. 
And then you find other podcasts that, you know, have similar interests. And, you know, I've listened to some and went, eh, not for me. And then one I found, I was like, oh, I like this one, you know. And so that that kind of keeps me connected in this, you know, mainstream kind of world because I can head over there and learn something new and the various topics seem to be interesting so always look forward to y'all's podcast so thank you so the podcast is called intention is everything Cheryl and I got a little bit um lackadaisical about it towards the end of the year I was cocooning I needed to and I've sort of burst out of it in the last month or so and really started doing this stuff again Um, So the podcast is intention is everything. We try to do it twice a month. Sometimes we do it more, sometimes we do it less. We're on Facebook. So yeah. um, And we have fabulous guests on there. Uh, Cheryl does a great job of finding us really good people. And we have a lot of psychics on there. And um, I think the more that you can find of podcasts and things and listen to people, um, the more normal you feel the more validated you feel. And I think that's super important because I know it can be very lonely. If I didn't have, honestly, if I didn't have Cheryl and Paranormal Underground, can you guys hear Mickey snoring? He's over here snoring next to me really loud. (laughs) If I didn't have Cheryl and Paranormal Underground when I first started going through this, I don't know, I might've wound up different, but I found a community. I got involved with the Pacific Northwest paranormal community. Um, I started going up to Wellington and became really good friends with, with Jamie, who is, you know, like one of the most warmest, most validating people. So you find your people. And if you set your intention to find your people, that's your best resource. Set your intention to find your people, find your people and then engage and use your internal as your barometer because not everybody out there has good intentions so other questions we have about nine minutes left um here's a quick question for you karen hall is asking what is a ghost what is a ghost well um that is up for debate i can tell you what i think a ghost is a ghost is a spirit of someone that was once in a human body that has not transitioned after death. And so their spirit is still here in the earthly plane and they haven't crossed back over yet. So they, they're still ego identified. They're still identified with who they were as a person as opposed to who they are as a piece of source energy and part of the oneness. Um, and so basically a spirit is a, an ego, an ego identified, an ego identified piece of source energy that was once a person that's still walking around. That's what a ghost is versus like, um, we have, there's a lot of people encounter, um, spirits that don't feel very nice. Right. Um, like elementals, things like that. I believe that what those are, are actually still pieces of source energy because everything is part of source energy, but because they've never embodied as humans, we don't understand them and they don't understand us. So they feel scary, even though they're just doing their thing. Um, And then um, I also think though, that when I communicate as a medium, sometimes I communicate with ghosts, which are the spirits that are still here. And sometimes I communicate with people who have crossed over, who just want to the packets of energy that were once people want to connect with the people that were in their life still. All right, we have another question from Mikhail. Are there 
a few guided meditations you can recommend for psychic abilities. Ooh, that's a good one. I should do one. Um, I have some meditations on my website. I'm not even sure what's there anymore. Um, but you know, I, I don't have any, um, I do have guided meditations on my website and they're more about kind of being in the light and stepping in the light and things like that. But just when you meditate, set your intention. Oh, have I talked about scrying yet? No. Oh, okay. I meant to, I started to, and I got distracted. Those of you know, who know me are shocked by that, that I got distracted by something. Um, so <laughs> a um, scrying. So scrying can be, um, is most commonly known as crystal ball gazing, right? Can you smell uh, that? Sorry. Paula put it in chat, S-C-R- Y-I-N-G. There are many ways that you can scry. Basically, it is softening your gaze and focusing on an object and just seeing what you see in that object. Um, and so there's candle scrying. You gaze into a candle flame. You can scry with just a fire flame. You can um, scry by looking into a bowl of water. You can scry by looking into a crystal ball. When I first started scrying, um, and this was years ago before I even was acknowledging I had psychic abilities. Uh, so, I mean, my son was like a baby when I started doing this. And what I would do is I would take a lamp and I would just put a white piece of paper in front of the lamp with something holding the white piece of paper up, not a frame because you want to be able to have the light shine through the paper. And I would just turn off all the lights and sit and look at this white piece of paper and soften your gaze and you start to see things. Scrying is super cool. You can do it with a mirror, although I'm not a super big mirror person. Like I, I've just seen some stuff in mirrors. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So yeah. So I, I actually will when I when I do my house cleansing, um, I always do my Reiki symbols over every mirror in the house. So yeah, scrying. I, it's a great tool. Karen, our good friend Rob Marie does photo scrying yeah about, she's done it for me it's amazing by the way it is she's done it for me too okay, yeah yeah so what do you think about photo scrying photo scrying works too so photo scrying you just take a photo and you look at it um and so there are all sorts of these little things you can try photo scrying looking at a photo and just seeing what impressions come to your mind um i really like um psychometry holding things and seeing what happens, um, seeing, and you know where it's really awesome to do the psychometry in an antique store. Ooh. Go into an antique store and hold some stuff. Make sure your bubble's ready, <laughs> but go into an antique, in, into an antique store and hold some stuff. Um, you can do even things like, so if you're more of an auditory person, you can ring a singing bell or a singing bowl. You know, you can just look, I just happen to have one right here. I know that seems so weird to all of you and just focus on that sound or you can, you know, do this and just sit there and do this for, and focus on the sound. You can, um, Play wind chimes. I have some wind chimes that make the best noises. Uh, just play wind chimes, little tinkle, listen to the sound, drumming, Paula drums. Um, 
I took a class in shamanic drumming, which is super cool. You just rhythmically drum. It can take you places. Um, I do a form of dance called Nia, which is uh, fabulous. And it just, you get so lost, move, just move. Dance like nobody's, what is it? Dance like nobody's, nobody's watching. watching. Yeah, so whatever I, I used to, when I first was starting this, um, many, many years ago, the way that I would actually meditate is I would go for walks because that was the only way I could get out of my head. So whatever gets you out of your head will connect you with this psychic energy that you all have flowing through you. Do we have any more questions? I do not see any. All right, we did it. Look, it is 7.58. You guys have been absolutely fabulous. I've loved talking to you. Please realize that it is okay. Feel free to reach out to me and um, send me a message. You know, people send me questions all the time. I try to get to you right away. Um, I don't always, um, but I'm always happy to, oh, look at Jim's ready to go turn on his TV. Hey, Karen, can you, um, can you tell us if you, what classes you have coming up or, um, any other workshops or books or anything? I'm always curious to know like more information that I can sure. get from you. So could you share maybe some of those upcoming things that you might have? Sure. So this Sunday, actually, so if you go on my website, authorkarenfraser.com, it's all there. So anytime, and if you follow me on social media, I always announce what I have coming up. Sunday, I have a first degree Reiki class. Uh, there is still space in the class. It is three hours Sunday afternoon here on Zoom. It's $75, um, which is a really good deal for a Reiki class. I will tell you people spend a People charge a lot more money for Reiki than that. Um, I have a crystals class coming up. I actually have two. One is through the Oregon Ghost Conference, and it's like a, an hour kind of intro to crystals, right? So like, these are crystals. This is what you can do with them. And then I have a three-hour crystal alchemy class coming up in April. Paula has, well, Paula, what's your class you have coming up? Are you on? Oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing um, a class for the, uh, like Karen is, for the Oregon Ghost Conference called Creating Sacred Spaces for Empaths. Um, what I do is I'm, a, um, I'm an intuitive um, home space creator healer, and I'm gonna do a two hour class on that and how to create those sacred spaces for yourself as an empath so that you can do your best work in the world. Thanks, yeah. Karen. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, I'm always free to do one-on-one -on -one sessions. Look, if you just want to spend an hour with me and, um, uh, you know, talk about your own abilities, if you want a reading, if you want me to do a healing with you, if you just want a coaching, if you just feel like talking to somebody, um, I do all of those things. You can sign up though on those on my website. Um, I do them only on Tuesdays right now. I charge $90 for an hour. Um, and you're always welcome to sign up if you if Tuesdays just don't work for you and you really would like to see me, just message me and I'll make something work. Uh, I just have Tuesdays so that I'm kind of in control of my schedule versus just waking up and having like, oh, I have this today because somebody scheduled it. So, um, but I have a book coming out um, this month on the 23rd and it is called transform your life with alchemy it is about personal transformation and overcoming doing shadow works um i do have another book uh that i am not allowed to say what it is uh coming up 
towards the end of the year, but it is something that all of you will really, really, really be interested in. That's about as far as I can go with that. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of stuff and I'm always open. If there's something you want me to teach you and something you wanna learn and I do it, let me know and I would be happy to see if there's interest in schedule a class. And um, I think I'm probably gonna schedule a psychic development class as well. I just sort of have to figure out what that's gonna look like. Karen, can you recommend someone for past life for a past life reading? William does them. William Becker, uh, Paranormal Insights, he does past life readings. Uh, if you just if you look up Paranormal Insights, I think it's ParanormalInsights.net, but I could be wrong. It is. Um, okay. Yeah, William Becker, ParanormalInsights.net does uh, past life readings. Um, I don't know anybody else who does them. My hypnotherapist who did them. Um, is a guy named Howard Beatty. He's local and you kind of have to be local to do that. So anybody else? All right. You guys have been great. You have had fantastic questions. I love your energy. I love talking to you all. I hope that you feel like you've gotten something out of this and please feel free to reach out and stay in touch. Carol? Thanks everyone. Appreciate yeah. you all Thank coming. you. Thanks, Thank guys. you, Karen. Yeah. Yeah, now Jim's going to turn on TV, so I got to go. Have a wonderful day and stay safe. Thanks, guys. Good night.